This is episode 002 with Tara Styles. Looking at him thinking, this person is happy for no reason at all. He can't be making a lot of money. <laughs> Nobody's even being nice to him right now. He's not getting any attention and he's still happy. Nothing is affecting him. And he's obviously not, you know, emotionally unstable. Like he, he was able to show up. I said, okay, you're not in, in, the, in the insane asylum, in the mental hospital but you're here and you're able to serve what's going on. You know? <laughs> so I thought whatever this guy has, whatever he's figured out, I want that. And I want that for my life. Welcome to the behind the fitness podcast, where we interview the world's most motivating and successful fitness trainers, instructors, and coaches to inspire people to be their very best every day. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Ted James. Let's get going. Our guest is the founder of a revolutionary new kind of yoga that is now practiced in over 100 different countries now. She's the author of several best-selling books. The New York Times named her the Yoga Rebel, but most importantly, she's a wife and a mother to their four-year-old daughter, Daisy. I want to welcome Tara Stiles, founder of the practice Strala Yoga. Today, we're going to really get to know Tara and learn how the practice of Strala Yoga can help people accomplish more through softening and connecting with their creativity and purpose. But first, Tara, can you tell us something that you believe makes you successful in health or fitness that many people might disagree with? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. And especially now, I think that there's the internet in this kind of massive feeling pressure way for so many people. I think half I kind of got lucky that I started before that, and another half of me feels like, well, even if I was starting now, I wouldn't feel the pressure to necessarily do all of the things that you see everybody doing and really staying in a way doing the things that you want to do in the way that you want to do them. And I think that, you know, you tell that to somebody and they might say, okay, that works for you because you're you, but I really think that that actually works for everybody <laughs> in a way, you know? So I think that's super important to, to, to do the things in a way, share your projects in a way that you're comfortable with, do the things that make you feel good about yourself. So you feel good, not just when you have the success or are climbing up that success mountain or whatever that feels like, but you feel good really every moment along the way. And I do think that that's possible. I can agree with that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Rather than, and, and I, I've said this before, it's competing against yourself yesterday instead of competing with everybody else on the internet and being your authentic you. I mean, yes, you can see what other people are doing and be like, oh, wow, okay, that's, that'd be good for me. And that's just called learning. But um, sometimes you can get caught up with, I, how come my results aren't the same as this person's? I should do that instead of what I think what really would work best for your authentic self. Yeah, I think, you know, anybody that's interested in sharing something, whatever that process is, you have this idea and maybe you're the only one that has that idea, but it's really inside of you. So you have a unique point of view, even if you're sharing something that so many people are already sharing in different ways. And I definitely felt like that yoga was my idea, but my idea wasn't that I created yoga. I had a unique point of view about it. 
And, you know, really in the beginning, you, you do feel alone, like you're the only one that has this idea. <laughs> and then if other people enjoy that idea, then they join up with you and share and, and do your practices with you and that kind of a thing. But I think so many people now can forget that you are unique and you, you are the only one with that specific point of view. So however you decide to share that, that message is going to be completely the only one like it in a very special way if you actually allow yourself to to share that thing in the way that it feels for you. And um, I think it's just so easy to get caught up in a formula, whether it's, you know, with yoga, studios, online studio, clothing or brand deal or whatever the five things are that you're looking at the five people you admire and realizing that those things might be cool for those people, but what are the things that you want? Maybe they're the same five things and then you just go for it, but maybe there are five completely different things and that's wonderful too. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think on the flip side of that, the internet helps more people connect where you might have your authentic message that that you you believe in, but the first, your family or or your friends or whoever is around might not really see or understand whatever that message is. And then you can get online and, and realize there are a lot of other people that are just like you that really need to receive that message. That definitely happened for me. I mean, I was doing yoga and then learning about yoga. And then my, my big thought was, why doesn't everybody do this? And then I learned, okay, my friends and family don't do this because they feel intimidated they feel like they need to be different or more flexible or whatever their reasons were. So I started sharing it online with YouTube videos kind of back in 2007 and eight when there was just, you know, cat videos and dog videos <laughs> on YouTube. But I thought, hey. Which are great too. Yeah, you know, those are <laughs> awesome, you know. But my friends back home had their back pain and their first relationship wasn't working out, those kinds of things. And I was always kind of raising my hand to them when I would go home for holidays and say, you know, yoga can help. And they would say, that's strange. I'm not going to do that. So I was literally making <laughs> videos for my real life friends. And it turned out I made all of these new friends on the internet. I mean, still to this day, my immediate family is like, what do you do? <laughs> Why do people like to do yoga with you? Can't they just do yoga on their own and these kinds of things? I mean, they get it here and there, but, you know, they make fun of me, but they also you know, they aren't my immediate person that, that really believed in me and connected with me. They kind of bought in later after everybody else was like, oh yeah, this is okay. Oh yeah. If, if, if so-and-so celebrity says that what you're doing is okay, then, then my parents will actually have confidence in me, which is always kind of funny. But yeah, it, you know, in my experience, the internet can be a wonderful place. You know, it's just people connected, you know, and if you can share something that's useful, and, and, and kind of avoid sharing something that you wouldn't actually do in real life, something that would be, you know, embarrassing or just to get attention or whatever it is. Those things aren't really landing and helping people anyway. So if you have this thing inside mm -hmm. of you, you know, you have to get it out. And if you get it out, you're going to find enough people that say, thank you. I want more. Let's do this. So. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. Well, can you give us a little bit more background on yourself and then tell us what drove you to find your love for yoga in, in the beginning, before you even started teaching, what is the story behind why you do what you do? Oh gosh. Well, it definitely 
picked me up, you know, kind of the way that a mama cat would pick up their baby cat and just drag it around. I feel like that's what happened to me with the old guy. It wasn't my plan at all. <laughs> I grew up doing right. more contemporary dance, and I thought that that's what I would do with my life and my job and my career and all of that. That seemed very straightforward, you know, move to New York, dance with a contemporary company, do that until you know, my body gives out and then find some sort of job that I'm qualified for, <laughs> you know, at some point. So that was my plan. And in dance conservatory, my ballet teacher was in American Ballet Theater in New York in the 70s, and he was getting into yoga there. And then, so he brought it into our program on Fridays for, you know, relaxation. And this was kind of new. Um, obviously, yoga is thousands of years old, but this was new for yoga being brought into schools and programs and things like that. So I remember walking in and there was this person, this guy sitting at the front of the room and he had this like curly hair. He kind of looked like Jack Tripper from Three's Company, but like a skinny version, <laughs> just super strange. <laughs> and I just remember kind of my peripheral vision expanding and looking at him thinking, this person is happy for no reason at all. He can't be making a lot of money. <laughs> Nobody's even being nice to him right now. <laughs> He's not getting any attention and he's still happy. Nothing is affecting him. And he's obviously not, you know, emotionally unstable. Like he, he was able to show up. I said, okay, you're not in, in the, in the insane asylum, in the mental hospital, but you're here and you're able to serve what's going on. You know. <laughs> so I thought whatever this guy has, whatever he's figured out, I want that. And I want that for my life. So I was in the right place. So I started to do this class and it was this simple kind of physical practice. And being a dancer, it wasn't challenging. You know, I wasn't feeling like a workout or some kind of extreme sport. So everything, you know, was pretty easy in my body, obviously. But I felt this connection through my body, through my emotional state and kind of all of me in this way. And also this feeling of there's something more, there's something bigger, you know. So I thought, okay, this is kind of like a non-denominational religion. What's going on, you know? I just remember wanting to learn more about this. And my ballet teacher gave me a book, Autobiography of a Yogi. And I said, well, this is strange. It's one person from India's journey coming to America. And he opened up an ashram in California. And then you read on the back and there's this place there. And I said, well, is this, is this it? Is it just this one guy, you know, from India? <laughs> and then I'm kind of looking around and, and seeing there's a few places back then where they would have a, a small yoga class or something in the sort of East Asian healing arts, but it was kind of classified as strange, you know, it was sort of in that period of time where there wasn't a Whole Foods yet. There was, you know, strange health food stores that sold, you know, little statues of things, you know? So it's right. kind of like, where is it? What's going on? So that was kind of my introduction to yoga. And really my kind of big second idea was, not really an idea was, but, but this kind of feeling was, okay, why isn't this everywhere? What's going on? You know, is this just a moment in time where it hasn't, people haven't caught on? It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. What's, what's the holdup? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, you know, from then on, I just kind of felt pulled to, to learn more and to just share with my friends and, you know, ended up being a studio in New York and classes in the park and one-on-ones with people. But it still, to me, feels just like, sharing this thing that's super awesome that can help you feel better and connect with my friends and really whoever else wants to kind of come along for the ride. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. Um, 
I don't do yoga every day, but it's definitely part of my weekly routine. Um, and, and I agree. It definitely helps me just kind of just makes you chill out a little bit physically and mentally. Um, and a lot, I started with it with, uh, because I needed flexibility and I had a back, um, problem that needed to heal and it just, it totally helped me out. But next, what I want to talk about is, um, your, your new, your style of yoga, Strala yoga. Can you talk to us about how you went about developing it and just how, how did you create this amazing new practice? Well, I, at first, when I started sharing yoga, I even started using the word sharing yoga. I started learning about the kind of dogma and the rigidity and why a lot of my friends weren't coming because they felt like it was tense or they felt tense or there was this, you know, kind of the teachers being tense to me and I have to be flexible and I'm not flexible. So I just kind of started out with this idea, well, I, I'm learning about yoga just like you would teach somebody how to cook your favorite pasta, I can now show you or share with you how to do this thing. So I started really this way of doing yoga where you could move how it felt good for you to move. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, that's kind of still a new concept. And it just feels super obvious to me. You know, if something hurts, don't do it. You learn that in any athleticism. You know, you, you shouldn't push past joint pain, but for some reason in yoga, people do because you feel like you have to be doing this thing correctly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're not doing the most extreme thing possible, then nothing good is going to happen. That was really a lot of the, you know, the attitudes that I would see with people, the kind of fear around yoga. So I would just start saying things in class, like, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And people would look at me like, that's okay. <laughs> you know? So it started off super right. simple like that. And, you know, I was leading the same kind of movements like you'd see in any yoga class. But instead of saying, hold this warrior two, I'm going to count you down for five breaths, you know, suck everything in, kind of suffer into it. And a lot of the things that I would hear in yoga classes, I would just get people into the physical position and then breathe and kind of let yourself be there. And, you know, for me, this was just normal. This was just yoga. And I started leading classes and opening a studio. And so many people would come and say, this is so different. What style is this? And for years, that just drove me so bonkers because I didn't want to create a style of yoga. I thought, okay, I wanted to show that yoga could be for everyone, but not really create this kind of another problem you know, of yoga, which a lot of styles are. So I just kept saying it's yoga. It's yoga without the rigidity. It's yoga without the stress. It's yoga in a way where you're moving how it feels good. And then I meet Mike, my husband now, but, you know, boyfriend, then he was doing yoga. He was one of the only guys that was straight in New York that I knew that was doing yoga. So I, I told him like, that's why he ended up with me. I said, well, there was just you. So, but he's You're great. the only one. <laughs> I think a lot of girls have that story if they end up with a guy that also does yoga. Might have been the only one at the time or the only one at the studio. But now, you know, yoga is so different even in <laughs> 10 years. It's really, you know, everybody, a lot more people are doing it. It's, everybody knows what it is. And he grew mm -hmm. up doing Tai Chi and mm -hmm. all of these kind of East Asian things. And he would say to me, well, how you're moving softer, letting your breath move you, moving efficiently, getting more done with less energy, that's Tai Chi. And I'm thinking, well, oh. okay, if that's Tai Chi, then Tai Chi just makes sense as in a way to be in life. 
And then another friend of ours started coming to the studio and how I would like to connect with people, whether it's through physical touch or just moving myself around the room was always, you know, kind of creating that right relationship between myself and another person, not pushing somebody into the most flexibility they could have, but kind of seeing what was happening with them, giving them a little guidance. And then this person said to me, Tara, that's shiatsu. And I said, I know nothing about Tai Chi. I know nothing about shiatsu. I guess I should learn. (laughs) So I was kind of gravitating toward a lot of these East Asian practices without really knowing or learning them and then teaching them. So then I just started learning, you know, everything I could about Tai Chi and Shiatsu. And then everything started to make a lot more sense. I had a lot more language around what I was doing instead of, oh, it's just yoga without the rigidity. I can now say the basics of this is softening so your breath can move you. And that also is the same in Tai Chi. And the people are like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) So I just feel like I got more clear over the years and what I already was gravitating toward and became more uh, knowledgeable, like you say, just learning about it more and being able to share it in a more clear and effective way. So, yeah, I feel pretty lucky for being able to kind of find all these ways to express myself. No, that's that's very cool. I, very creative of you, definitely, and, and then go down there. Can you... Can you explain to us a little bit more about um, just briefly what Tai Chi is and some of the other um, things that Strala Yoga dips into? Yes. So Tai Chi, at least the way I love to talk about it is you don't need to be, you know, this Tai Chi master and wear the outfit and do all the things, you know. I think Tai Chi just never got a bad reputation because it's not very popular. (laughs) At least it's not very popular yet. (laughs) You know, I always tease with Mike. I say if Tai Chi ever becomes like a big deal then it's going to have all the same problems of yoga. People are going to be wearing like special van shoes and like special outfits and like trying to do hand signals and like have tension in their fingers. But the reality of Tai Chi is softness is the basics of everything. So without softness, you can't move. You know, you need to be movable in order to move. And it's such a cool thing, you know, kind of every high performance athlete is doing this. They're finding their best mobility, not by pushing and struggling, but by allowing themselves to relax when they're doing the very challenging thing. And that's what I love about Tai Chi. It's allowing yourself to be easy enough. So when you breathe in, your breath actually moves you. And when you breathe out, your breath actually moves you instead of just staying in this position and waiting for it to be over. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, going back to earlier, um, I I definitely had those ideas about yoga when I first started doing yoga. And um, I was always a runner and into more strength training before I found yoga a few years back. And there was a lot of positions that I couldn't do. And I would get done and I would I knew I needed to work on them, but I would definitely feel defeated. But the more I got into yoga and learned about yoga, the more I realized that just because yoga looks like this for this person doesn't mean it needs to look like that for me, especially today. My goal is to get looser hamstrings right now, one one of the goals, and that's what I need to worry about or, or not worry about, but like that's that's a focus. So I had a lot of those negative thoughts about yoga also oh yeah not not being able to be a yoga person or 
or whatever that looks like. Yeah, you and everybody like you is my favorite kind of person to to share yoga with because that's the whole thing. Somebody like you isn't coming in and trying to be, you know, spiritually elite or doing, you know, some fancy pose. You actually just want to feel better. You know, it's harder yeah. to share yoga with somebody who's been doing it for 10 years and feels, you know, like somehow they're achieved enlightenment because they can do the splits. You know? <laughs> so I remember when I first started writing for things, one of the publications I wrote for was Men's Health. And I made friends with some of the guys that just work there, the sports writers, and everybody was kind of, a, you know, an on the side athlete or runner, you know, bicyclist, bicyclist, something like that. And we did this little video series. It was so funny at the time called Yoga Emergency, where a regular kind of person, it was usually a guy, but we had some girls too, would call with their emergency. And then I would kind of run out of my apartment barefoot. And I'd be like the yoga teacher coming to help. But the emergency would be, you know, <laughs> I'm super stressed at work. You know, can yoga help me? And then I would come and we would do the pose. And it would be like an instructional video for, for the website of menshealth.com. But a lot of it was gym people or athletes and you know a lot of that showing that if you can't touch your toes bend your knees you know the goal isn't to tear your hamstrings yoga should help you and not hurt you and yeah it's super hard when we just see pictures of really flexible people doing things that that's some sort of goal and for someone like you you don't need to be super flexible you need to have a nice balance in your body so you can live your life and do all the things that you want to do you know putting your feet behind your head mm -hmm. just eventually leads to hip replacements. It's not good for anybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I don't think I need to worry about that, to be honest with you, but <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, and I want to talk more about how Strala Yoga can make a difference in, in like my life and our listeners' lives. Sure. I think the, the main feedback that we always get and something that I'm super happy to hear is that people feel better immediately and more calm, more connected. You know, when you're moving through yoga and really anything in this kind of Tai Chi way where you're allowing your breath to move you, you're getting a little bit more tuned into the areas that are a little tight, the areas that need a little bit more strength, and you're kind of noticing more what's going on with you. And essentially you become more balanced and you feel better. So that's really part of the big center of what we do is leading the classes in such a simple way where people can ultimately figure that out for themselves. And it's fun whenever we get together in person, whatever town or city we're in, we always have a, a pretty different bunch of people. It's not kind of all athletes or all moms. It's, you know, you'll have a 90-year-old grandma and a seven-year-old kid and an athlete and somebody else. And this is kind of what's cool about yoga. If you can, as an instructor, lead a class in a way where you don't just say everybody's invited, you know, there's no judgment here, but that's actually in the way that you're sharing yoga, the way that you're teaching, then people do feel like they can come and feel better inside. And then you look around and you say, oh, wow, you know, it's not all just people like me. It's kind of a, a slice of life of everybody. So I think it also helps you kind of be a little bit more okay with, you know, how you move around in the world. And that that's individual for everybody. And I don't really, you know, say all these things in the classes because I think it's kind of corny too. <laughs> but you just <laughs> do the thing and then you feel better. And then people write me and call me and we meet on the street and say, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I, I quit my job. I 
my relationship improved, you know, I stopped eating crap. And it's not like I'm saying, drink your water, eat your vegetables, do these things. But when you feel better and you feel more connected, you make all mm -hmm. these better decisions kind of spontaneously in your life. And for me, that's, that's kind of the real prize. It's not the yoga class really that does it for you. It, that's the kind of little incubator space where you do the thing and then you go and naturally other things happen. Yes, I, I agree. One positive thing can definitely lead to the next one, leads to the next one, momentum. And <clears throat> I think that happens with everybody's life. And it's hard to kind of put it into words. Like, like you said, you don't really like talk about that during your class because it's kind of hard. It's different for everybody. So it's kind of hard to put it into words exactly how that works, how this yoga class is going to translate into, you know, quitting your job to find some new passion or whatever it is. But I think that's great. And I want to know how you went from, you, you talk about your class and um, so far it kind of sounds like it's this practice is just your thing and it's in your studio um, with, you know, your class. But really, this is not a small movement. This is much larger now. And I want to know how Strala Yoga has grown from when you created it to be practiced in over 100 different countries now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that happened gradually and then all of a sudden it was happening. But, you know, one thing I'm really grateful for is the way we practice is so easygoing and personal and connected that to me it never felt like, oh, now it's fancy, now it's shiny, all of these things. But, you know, when you were reading my bio earlier, I always kind of find myself like a little bit embarrassed, yeah. like, oh, geez, you know, these are the things that you're supposed to have in your bio and all of this kind of situation. But, I mean, literally what happened was people started to like it and enjoy it and invite their friends, and people were asking for more. And years went by with people asking us to do teacher training programs. I said, no, it's, it's just yoga. Just do it. If you like the style, just, or whatever we're doing, just, you know, look at the class and then go invent your own way of kind of doing this. And what started to happen was teachers that were friends of mine would come and they would pick up a few little things that I was doing or the other teachers at the studio were doing. And then they would go back and say, oh my gosh, these same kind of things are happening. People are softening and, and doing better and, and coming more and they're enjoying themselves more. Yoga becomes more fun when you're actually connected to yourself and you're not kind of worried about yourself in the class at all or trying to compete with yourself in that way. So, you know, many years went by with, without um, doing those trainings. And then when I said, okay, let's, let's give it a try, the first one that we did, people came in from 20 different countries, <laughs> like on airplanes. <laughs> so they were wow. calling me and we were, you know, trying to find, that was the beginning of Airbnb. So we were hooking people up to be roommates and, you know, just trying to find places for people to sleep during these trainings. And, and we did it and I thought, okay, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't want to get ambitious and treat this like some sort of, you know, scheme or something. I, I want to see if it sure. works, if they have success. So they would go back and then the same things that were happening for me were happening for them. Their, you know, businesses were doing better because more people were coming. They were leading their own retreats now, their own trainings. And literally everybody in our programs that went back and decided to do this for a living or continue doing it for a living, kind of shift how they were doing it, were having 
everything they wanted to happen was happening. And I thought, well, okay, that's nice. <laughs> you know, I want to empower that's people. Cool. You know, I, I want to, if I've got to achieve this ability to help people feel better and have that be the thing that I get to do in my life and other people want to do that and I kind of know how to do that, let's, let's do it. So we started doing that and, you know, started traveling doing that. And I was writing books at the same time and they were getting picked up in all these different languages. So if I got to go to Germany or the Netherlands or Japan for a book signing, I would kind of hang around and just extend my ticket. If the publisher bought my ticket, I would just go to, you know, the airline and just extend for a week. And they'd say, what are you not coming oh. back? Like, no, I'm going to do a yoga class here. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. find somebody that would have a space and ask if anybody wanted to come. And, you know, so just started doing that and did that for, for years and years. And, and people just became self-empowered. And I guess in a way it, it kind of helped people be their own um, successful yoga story in a way, not just building themselves up and having this nice business, but also really helping their community. And so we've got thousands of people now doing this all around the world and partner studios. And it still feels like just a bunch of friends kind of hanging out. You know, a lot of the instructors partner with each other and give retreats with each other. And, you know, people that I've never met before are teaching Strala classes. And that's so cool. And then I get to meet them one day at some event in, you know, Tokyo or Singapore. And, there's this connection there because how we're moving and how we're talking about yoga is is pretty similar. And we're also unique in our own ways of expressing it as well. So we have this kind of common thread of softness and ease and moving in this Tai Chi way. And that really keeps us connected, but also leads all of us into our own unique direction, which I think keeps us all kind of interested in each other. So, you know, people from Argentina who've never had friends outside Argentina can now travel to Barcelona and make a friend that, that also teaches this and probably stay on their couch for a week and hang out. And people have made, you know, all these friends. And that was really honestly my dream since I was a little kid. Being from Illinois, I always wanted to move to New York so I could make friends that were different than me and learn new things and kind of, you know, explore the world in that way. And I feel like that's pretty awesome. I get to do that now. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> that's that's pretty wild. That's that's quite the ride right there. <laughs> that's very cool that you got to move around and check out all these different places and meet so many different people. I'm sure that that's made you grow in so many different ways, just meeting all these different people. Oh, yeah. I feel so lucky. I mean, especially being in New York is a lucky place because everybody comes through New York. So just by default, you're going to have people in your class that are completely different from you, even if they're doing the same things. They're going to be from a different part of the world. They have different family, different background, all of this stuff. And then when I started getting to go to different European countries and England and Asia, you know, and then traveling in a way where I'm connecting to people through this way of being, I guess is really fun too, because it kind of breaks the ice. There isn't this nervousness that I might have had just going to these places as, you know, a tourist or a visitor, even on a book trip, one signing, you know, I kind of have a reason to be there and a connection to the people and a connection to the culture and the food. And, you know, we all kind of hang out a little bit together and go grab a, grab a coffee. And it's, yeah, it's been really, really lucky for me to, to learn about the world in this way and to feel 
a sense of home everywhere, which is, you know, I'm, I just feel really grateful for that for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. So you go into these places and instead of just seeing what's in the travel book, you get to meet the people and really see the behind things that, you know, not all the tourists probably see. So that's, that's, that's great. That's amazing. Well, I want to dive into know more about you personally a little bit more now. So can you tell us a quote that you live by and how you apply it in your day-to-day life? Oh gosh, I was thinking about this and I don't know for sure if this is a quote, but it's definitely an action of soften, move with ease, notice how you feel and go from there. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> it's sort of like when I was learning yoga and then learning Tai Chi, I had to break it down into these really kind of simple actions. I was like, so how do I actually do this in like three steps and everything that I'm doing? And it kind of came down to that soften, move with ease, notice how I feel, and then go from there. And it always works. I always kind of come back to that and really any nervousness or any questioning I have about things that I'm doing or, you know, ideas or projects, I just kind of do that. And then it, then it becomes obvious what I need to do. Or a little more obvious, okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> kind of puts you in a more relaxed, creative state of mind to tackle whatever problem that you're you're dealing with. Yeah, for sure. It takes that edge off in a way and kind of, I guess everybody talks about kind of aligning with yourself. And I think for me, that's the way of doing that. It helps me align from the inside out instead of you know, kind of saying, I need to do these five things. <laughs> I say, okay, what is it that I need to do? Oh, okay. I need to do those things. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. Instead of waking up and just going to work right away, then that plays into the stress again, that just relax a little bit <laughs> and you probably knock it out faster. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, what do you do when your mind tells you to stop? to not get that yoga session in or do that thing you know you need to do in order to better yourself? Oh, well, if I'm successful, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's not honest to be like, oh, every time I, you know. <laughs> but if I'm mm-hmm. successful, which, you know, I feel lucky that I do these things enough where whenever I'm off, at least I know intellectually what to do to get back and I know enough things to just actually calm myself and do it and just wiggle my way back before too much time has gone by and I'm completely, you know, off the rails or whatever. But, but for me, it's just kind of, um, slowing down a bit. So I'm not, I'm kind of a fast person. I like to do way more than I should be doing, you know, like I'll, I'll be the person that opens the drawer and like is cooking something at the same time and forgot that the drawer was open. So for me, it's actually making (laughs) myself slow down. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's why these practices are so good for me. You know, I would be, if I was attracted to like high intensity interval training, I'd probably, you know, give myself a heart attack or be one of those like women with shoulder pads, like crushing it in life. You know, I would do a lot of these gestures and it's probably more my natural state, but I wouldn't like myself if I was like that. So I need to slow down. So I think for me, it's, it's literally, that's the first step is slow down for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, this might play into (laughs) (laughs) No, it makes sense though. Cause having that kind of personality, I think yoga really helps with that. 
I mean, if you're somebody who's always a doer and, um, you can, you can out, you know, get burnt out sometimes, but if yoga is making you slow down a little bit, then you tap into more creative side, you're still going to do the things, Mm. but you'll be able to be more creative with it. Well, the next question is, uh, something that kind of relates to the last one, probably for you. Uh, What would you say your personal philosophy is? Gosh, I, I, I love this because I feel like there's so many and it's changed over the years too, as I've, you know, hopefully gotten less ridiculous as I've gotten a little bit older and become a mom, you know, it used to be make your own rules. And now I feel like that's so silly because Daisy found this t-shirt that I made that says, make your own rules with Reebok. And she says, well, I'm going to make my own rules now too. I'm like, oh geez, that probably wasn't a good idea. Candy every day. <laughs> but I think, you know, my personal philosophy and one I like to share with others, you know, when appropriate is you deserve to feel better. And I know for me, that's, it's still a big one. You know, we all know the wellness things to do, but you know, at least for me, if I'm not doing them, I'm stressed, I'm busy, I'm, you know, in a different headspace. And, you know, even for people that come to a yoga class, you know, you could kind of come to it and go through the motions and perform really well in the class and, really not allow yourself to feel better and allow yourself to notice how you feel. So I think that's a big one for myself and a lot of people that just feel, you know, the sense of duty to, to do and to perform and to be better without including yourself in that process. I agree. Something that we say around my house a lot is you can't pour from an empty cup. It's in, I, I, agree with what you said because I mean you can't do good for somebody else like your daughter if you can't take care of yourself if you're not taking care of yourself so yes I absolutely agree well so this last one is one that I asked everybody um, and it's the final question if you were able to pick only one short message said completely anonymous to every single person in the world and they would really listen and take it to heart what would that one message be? Ooh, this is the change the world. <laughs> yes. This is good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think, you know, this, this practice really of softening and moving with ease, you know, I guess in a action to somebody would be soften, really let your whole self soften and move with ease from there. You know, it's sort of the practice of nonviolence, the practice of peacefulness and, That's what I love about Tai Chi. You know, I can teach a yoga class and it doesn't look like Tai Chi at all. It just looks like you're being invited to be good to yourself. You're being invited to to be really interested in what you're doing and achieve and go as far as you can, but you're not, there's, there's no presence of violence or you're not good enough or all of those things. And I think the the center of all of that in Tai Chi is to soften and move with ease. And I think that's just so cool. Now I watch all these old movies with ninjas in them and they're all like, they do everything and they get so much done and they, you know, leap across the buildings and whatever. I'm sure there's wires and all of that, but, but really the, the cool thing about that is there's no energy wasted. There's no self harm happening in all of this achieving that they're doing. And, you know, I think obviously if we can, 
soften and be good to ourselves and move with ease, then, you know, we're just going to do better in general with whatever else we decide to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, can you share with us uh, how we can connect with you? And then we're going to say goodbye. Sure. Well, it's the internet, so I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> that's easy these days. It's, you know, it used to just be a website and your hotmail address, I guess, <laughs> back in the day. Right. Or your Yahoo <laughs> then, you know, or then it was Earthlink. Mm -hmm. But but no, all the usual places, um, Strala, Stralayoga.com. We have Strala Yoga is the name of the app, and you can get that at the website, Stralayoga.com or you know, thankfully, there's still a million different places where you can get the same thing, whether it's the Apple store or your Apple TV or your wrote all these things that we don't have. I don't know what they are, but, you know, it just beams us to everybody, which is so cool. We have the phone and the computer and that's neat. Mm -hmm. But uh, those are the places. Then in social media, things like that, it's pretty nice to easy way to kind of connect with somebody. And I just love talking to people about all kinds of things. So if anybody wants to uh, move with ease a bit more and, and, uh, and feels like I could help, you know, I'm happy to chat with you for sure. Fantastic. All right. Well, head over to behindthefitness.com after the show, you'll find links to videos for each episode, links to connect with Tara and more. And be sure to check out Tara's la latest book, clean mind, clean body. Also check out the Strala yoga app and Tara's seven day free trial for live yoga classes every day. Tara, thank you so much for spending time with us and letting us get to know you better. It was truly powerful. You're the best, Ted. Thanks. <laughs>